Welcome to another year of NFL football. And once again, I am trying to bring the podcast to life. Um, I've done a couple in the past, but as we know, they were kind of one-hit wonders. Um, Fantastic in their own right, but yet not consistent in actually doing them weekly as I had anticipated um, or hoped. But a new year, a new season, so I'm hoping and expecting greater things. Um, But with that said, um, a nice little surprise that I have for you this season is I will have a co-host. Hopefully he's able to join most weeks. Um, That's the plan anyway. Um, We'll see if that that happens, but I'd like to welcome Mr. John Hess to the podcast as just a contributor talking to him. We talk all the time, so we thought, you know, why not? Why not do this? So, John, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. You know, it's just a great, it's a great time. Um, I mean, we're pumped for another football season. It's a, uh, it's a weird season with everything going on. COVID, no preseason games. I feel like, I mean, is it really football season? Yeah, thankfully, someone is playing football. Not the Big Ten, but <laughs> some people are playing. That is true. I mean, it may be an embarrassment, but I watched a lot of the BYU. Army game or Navy game, and I mean, it was not good football, but we're getting desperate. So, football season starts tomorrow with the Chiefs and Texans. Um, it's crazy. So, yeah, but, it's, not, it's a sad day I had to change my team name. <laughs> I, did, I did see your team name, and I was actually really impressed with it. Um, Chark Week, and I actually thinking about changing my team name to Baskin Dobbins. Nice. <laughs> Oh, um, but with that said, like we're gonna this this first um, podcast, and this is our first one doing it, first time doing this together. Um, so you, it may be we may mess up, we may, who knows what will happen. Um, but me and John, our time is precious, valuable. So um, we're not gonna do fifteen or sixteen takes of this. We're hopefully gonna do it, do this one, and uh, it's gonna be okay. Hope you guys enjoy it. Um, that's kind of the goal of this. So just have fun. I mean, we, we love football. We love fancy football. So hopefully this will be an added enjoyment for all who listen. So that that's the goal. Buckle up. Here we go. Yes, absolutely. So in this, in this podcast, we're kind of just going to talk about the season in general, what's going to happen, our personal um, uh, league that we're in. Um, kind of just see how... The draft went, we do an auction draft, so kind of just kind of recap that. Players that we think is going to do well, we're going to make predictions. So we're going to be all over the place, but hopefully it kind of follows a, uh, a clear path and y'all are able to easily follow. Um, but before we get started, I do want to tell a story. Uh, this is actually about John. <laughs> um, draft night, we always FaceTime, have like talk about, talk through things. And in, in, even in, during the draft, we stay in 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 sync, FaceTime, um, whatnot. So the first player comes up. It's McCaffrey, and the bidding starts. And this is kind of I don't know, guys who were there in the draft. Kind of there was kind of some confusion around. Not everyone was in it, in in it. Some people were on auto draft. So it was a lot of confusion. It's like, is this really happening? We're gonna pause it, whatever. But meanwhile, McCaffrey's up on the board, and it's just going up and up and up. I mean, he's in the 65, 66. And it's at sixty nine. I think Luke had him at sixty nine dollars. Um, this is at two hundred dollars. Um, 
and John just and it's, John's just sitting there, and it goes to pause. So I guess that's when Caleb Arkamish kind of paused the draft to kind of help people that were having issues logging in. Um, and John's talking, and he's like, "Man, this is ridiculous. Who would spend seventy bucks of their budget on one player? Like, you that only leaves you thirty dollars left." And I'm sitting here thinking, "Man, I only adds up to a hundred." Um, I was, I was, I was like. I was like, maybe he's just have this internal budget that he's thinking about that he needs to get a certain amount of players within a hundred bucks, whatever. And John's just going on and on about, man, I'm not touching these players. It's ridiculous. And then legitimately like 30 seconds we were pausing, like we were trying to figure out what was going on. And then John just stops and goes, dude, we have $200 to spend. I mean, John, what was going on there? Listen, I blame COVID. (laughs) with the in-season budget for waiver wire acquisitions and the draft budget. That is true. So it, it changed the game for me, and you guys know I was obviously all in. <laughs> so and then that's only half the story. And then soon thereafter, after he discovered he had $200 to spend in the draft, he thought, man, maybe I will go after McCaffrey. But it didn't stop there. He's like, I think I want two of the top three. I was like, seriously? I mean... Legitimately, three minutes ago, you were talking about how you wanted nothing to do with these people because they were so expensive to all of a sudden you wanting two of them. But anyways, I found out in the, in the moment, I was like, man, that could have changed your draft completely if, it wasn't, if the draft wasn't paused for those five or six minutes while everything was getting sorted out. 100%. I would not have gotten McCaffrey. There's just no way around it. So... Needless to say, that would have had a big impact on how the draft would go, the prices, the budgets. So just a fascinating backstory um, to you who were there. Uh, and I found it to be hilarious. Um, I kind of wish the draft wouldn't have paused and John thought he had $100 to spend and how long he would have thought that. I mean, we could have been down to like five players, six players picked and John's looking at me like, man, I got so much money left. And then, we're hitting, and then, and then him finally realized. Uh, but anyways... Um, Maybe I would have realized after one player, but... <laughs> I, I would like to think so, but uh, I mean, as you did, did admit to COVID being all, all sorts of distractions, so... Um, but yeah, but anyways, um, to the draft, uh, I want to get your thoughts, John, on what you thought of it, um, particularly the first several people going really, really high. Um, I think higher... In, pretty much any other drafts we've been we've had and this is probably close to the 10 years we've been doing an auction style draft and there really hasn't been anyone maybe one or two players have been in the 70 range um but i feel like this year it was kind of escalated and kind of uh maybe took some people off guard but i want to get your thoughts on what you thought of of how the draft started especially yeah i think in the history of this league we really have only had one kind of ridiculous output back when Doolin spent like $80 on Adrian Peterson. Oh, that's right. Yep. And then like $50 Peyton Manning. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's really the only time that I can think of that the number was anywhere near what it was this year. And it's part of the pro in my opinion of the auction draft is that you can get who you want 
there is no cap on your money. Hmm. But it also really does change the texture of the rest of the draft by where those early players go. Because you have other players that aren't as skilled, probably aren't going to score as many points that then begin to go for higher um, money total than they should have. So I was obviously all in this year. Um, and that could be a really amazing thing. And it also could come back to bite me because I had like $40 left after my yeah. two major expenditures. Yeah. Uh, but all in all, it actually didn't surprise me that much just because I feel like this league has always taken steps every year towards spending more on the upper level players. Yep. And it really boils down to what your strategy is and how you want to attack it. No, I think that's ex- I think that's exactly exactly right. And just to kind of review, I think you spent seventy seven on McCaffrey. Yes. So you spent seventy seven on McCaffrey. Um, I spent seventy two, I believe, on Saquon, and then me and you got into a bidding war for Zeke, and I think that went to seventy eight. Correct. And uh, I thought I could get him easily with 75. That was my limit um, initially. And then I went to 77, and then John won it with 78. Um, but I think, yeah, the first three players going for all over 72 or more was a big surprise. And I think it really shocked everyone in the league. Because, um, again, there was no precedent for that. There have been hints of it, but it's kind of like, oh, man, that guy's crazy for spending that much money. But instead of just one guy going really high, it was the first three. And as you mentioned, it, it kind of shifts the entire way the draft goes thereafter because people are saying, oh my goodness, it's almost like a reaction to what the action was. So we spent a lot, so everyone's reacting of, oh my goodness, this is happening. I have to change my strategy. I wasn't going to spend this much. Now I have to spend this much to get who I want. Oh my goodness. Then it's all about how you manage your draft from then on out. But so true. So yeah, so it was an interesting draft. I think, I think some people kind of just kind of went with it. I th- I think personally that it really kind of messed with Dustin a little bit. I figured like he was in on so many guys, and at the last minute someone would come in, bid them up a little bit, and then he would just be like, "Enough of this! I'm waiting for the next guy." And I feel like that next next guy never really happened until about man, twenty picks almost into the draft. I figured, man, I don't think he spent his first. Money, yeah, I think it had to be close to maybe even pick 30, really. His first pick was Kenyon Drake. Yeah, and I wonder how far, I mean, that doesn't even account for how many people were nominated ahead of Kenyon Drake. So, yeah, at one point I kind of felt bad because I feel like he was about to get someone he wanted and then someone else would bid and then he'd lose him. But, but again, it just goes back to what you said earlier that all the control is still within your reach, so you can adjust if necessary, kind of change your strategy. Um, so yeah, it's kind of just kind of, kind of just depends on how you want to how you want it to go. But again, big fan of auction draft. If you've never done it, it's the most even playing field to have a draft because everyone has the same access to the same players. So it's just all about how you want to um, spend your money. So, so yeah, so that was interesting. 
free agency. What's that? It's like true free agency. Oh, 100%. And it's kind of like you, again, have full power to manage your team or your potential team however you want. Um, so, yeah, so the draft obviously was interesting. Our draft, I mean, it, to me, it's the probably the most fun thing about doing fantasy football is the draft. Um, it's nerve wracking. It's exciting. It's it's you just know you just don't know what's gonna happen. I feel like snake draft. You kind of get to feel what's gonna happen. It's quick, kind of anticlimactic in my opinion. The I mean auction draft. I get pumped if I pick a guy up for three bucks and I outbid somebody. I'm pumped there late late in the draft. Um, but yeah. So anyway, so moving on. That's kind of like just kind of a quick draft recap. Um, but now we're gonna kind of look at a little. Team by team, how we think people did um, in the draft, kind of like surprise picks, interesting. Just kind of go, we're going to go through each person's roster, kind of take a quick look um, and kind of give you our thoughts. Um, so I think it's rightfully so that we start with my team. Um, as, For sure. As, as the host of this, um, I kind of give you my thought process in this. Uh, I, since I can't do that, I really wanted to stack up running backs early on. I guess me and John kind of had the same strategy. Um, we'll get to his team. So I was able to pick up Saquon. Obviously, I think he's going to have a big year. I think the offense is going to be much better than people anticipate. So I think, I know in the past he's faced a lot of people in the box, kind of forcing them to throw it. But I think if the receivers stay healthy, um, Saquon's going to get a lot of opportunities. Obviously, he's the guy. He's going to catch a lot of passes. So we'll see. Um, and then I wanted to hit wide receivers kind of further down in the draft. That kind of changed a little bit when I wasn't able to get Zeke. Um, so instead of spending that extra money on Zeke, I ended up getting Carson, which then let me have a little more money to spend at wide receiver. So I got Godwin. And then from there, just kind of filled out with, um, with some of the players I thought could be um, maybe potential steals. Particularly, I focused on rookie running backs. Um Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins. Um, so that was kind of my thought process. John, do you have any – what do you think? Yeah, overall I think you did well. One of the things that I wanted to point out for those of us who may not know how the injured reserve list works mm. is that Dame's pulled a little bit of a sneaky move <laughs> here and firing Damian Williams. So, James, why don't you tell us how the IR works and what you actually did in this situation. Yeah. So originally, I was talking to the commissioner about the IR spot, and uh, he was suggesting maybe creating some IR spots on each team just to have, in case, you know, COVID, someone tests positive, they're going to have to sit out a week or two. I mean, it's kind of not fair if, like, well, if three or four players get it one week, it kind of decimates your team, then you're going to have all these bench spots filled with people that you can't even use. So the commissioner's kind of like, you know what? I think it would be nice if we had an IR spot, a couple IR spots, to where people get COVID or even even injuries that they're out a couple of weeks, that you can slide them down to the IR spot. And typically I was like, you know what, I'm not a huge fan of that. I'm more of a traditionalist and just like let it come what may, let it happen what happens. Um, but eventually they, they ended up creating several IR spots. Um, so I was like, okay. So after the draft, I was... What I normally do is kind of go over the waivers and kind of see who's available. And then since we have this IR spot, kind of letting a little secret out, you can sort by players who are eligible to go on IR. 
So I was kind of perusing that list, and I, and I saw Damian Williams sitting there. He's, he's opted out, um, said he's not going to play. But I thought, you know what? What if the new Kansas City rookie running back um, like comes in, gets hurt, or whatever, or something happens, and obviously Kansas City is going to be really good this year, and they're like 6-1, 7-2, and they're like, you know what? We need a running back. And so they kind of hop on the phone with Damian Williams and be like, hey, you know you opted out, but, you know, we need a, we need a guy to come back in. You're familiar with the offense. You dominated late last year. What do you think? And he'd be like, you know what? I'm in. So to me, I went in. I was like, that's a no-brainer. I'm going to snag him, throw him on IR, and just – I mean, it doesn't hurt me to have someone on IR. It doesn't take up, doesn't take up a bench spot or anything like that. So I just thought the upside of having him on my, on my IR – was just huge because I was like, man, don't have to worry about him. He's not taking up space. And then in nine weeks, when people are injured, struggling, he could legitimately be at least a running back too immediately if he came back. Or a league winner. Exactly. I just thought when I was looking at it, I was like, this is – someone actually texted me and asked me about it today and asked my thought process, and I basically just explained it to them how, it, how I did here. I was like, you lose nothing, but you gain potentially gain – a matchup changing player. So Yeah. So that was kind of my thought process thought process behind that. You know me, I'm always looking to take advantage of certain rules and situations. So I saw okay. that. And honestly, I've actually looked at other ways to fill the other IR spots that we have, but I have not yet found any worthwhile. <laughs> so uh but we'll see. Um not surprising. But yeah, so so yeah, overall, I'm happy with my team. Um, is it going to be, is it league winner material? I think it's to be determined. Obviously, I think it's obviously that's kind of how most teams are. Um, honestly, I think I need one of my rookie running backs to be solid. Um, I don't know. Do you think any of those have that potential? Yeah, I think to me. The fact that you have filler wide receivers at that flex spot to give these rookie running backs several weeks to get used to the season, allow injuries to kind of run their course, as well as teams to kind of figure out what they have in actual in-game situations. You look at a guy like J.K. Dobbins, the dude's a stud. I watched him at Ohio State, unfortunately, many times cruising past Nebraska defenders. Uh, He's going to be great. The question is, how many opportunities is he going to get this year? You have Mark Ingram, who is really solid, who they love in Baltimore. And you had Gus Edwards, who I just read this the other day, had like the highest... um, yards per rush of any running back who qualified. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just going to be tough sledding for him to get a large quantity of touches. Um, but I think Jonathan Taylor has a great shot to take over the starting running back role in Indy by at least halfway through the season. Mm, yeah. I think Indy's line is one of the best in the NFL. Dude, they are so, monsters. 
I was high on Jonathan Taylor. I just had very little money <laughs> and uh, was not able to acquire him. But I think he's going to be great. Um, truthfully, Cam Akers, total wild card to me. And it's the Rams who yeah. are a total wild card to fantasy. Um, as an owner of Todd Gurley in years past, there are a few teams more frustrating than the Rams when it comes to fantasy. Yeah. But I think the team's in a really good spot. I think Chase Edmonds is a great pickup. Um, I'm actually surprised that Dustin didn't snag him, but with the draft confusion, I think he thought he had more bench spots than he did, Yeah, which is why that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, I think you're in a great place. Yeah, and then... You have some high-end wide receivers that some of them are a little boom boom or bust, uh, like Will Fuller and T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. But you've got a couple pretty good PPR guys in Chris Godwin and Tyler Boyd. So I think your team's in really good shape. Dude, you... Your quarterback, your team's going to be good. You know me and Will Fuller, we have a long history. I mean... Love to do, yes. but a guy needs to get some like artificial hamstrings or something because that dude always is pulling hammies. I'm like, man. I mean, I, I got really bad hammies, but I think I, I may have better hammies than he does. And that means like I'm stretching here, sitting in my chair, just putting my leg up. So, What do you think your maximum sprint speed would be in comparison to his? I mean, that's a different conversation. I feel like that's not fair at this moment in time because... <laughs> Because I have been on vacation the last couple of weeks, and uh, I'm expecting a, a child to be born, so my efforts and energy are placed elsewhere. Um, but I think given given proper training, you know, reasonable. So, um, so we'll see. I do need to practice the uh, hamstring curls, though. Tighten, strengthen my hands yeah. a little bit. But yeah, so we'll see. I mean, overall, I like my team. Um, but we'll see. You just never know. Time will tell. Um, John, let's go ahead and go to, go to your team. And it's newly named team of It's Chark Week, which I, when I saw that, not going to lie, I actually kind of laughed out loud a little bit. Um, thought it was pretty clever. Um, so, yeah, tell us the kind of your thought process behind your draft, and then we can kind of dig in, in a little bit. Well, we already heard about some of it. Um, I originally thought we only had a hundred dollars and I realized we had 200. I just had money to burn. And so I was all in on McCaffrey. My philosophy in the draft is I don't want to leave with regrets on stud players. Yep. If I didn't get a couple guys that I wanted toward the end, it is what it is. But I don't want to ever leave a draft and think, man, I didn't get one of the main running backs I wanted. Yep. And so I determined after I realized we had $200 <laughs> that I was getting McCaffrey. No question. So I did that. And then I think Saquon came up next. And I didn't want Saquon. Nothing against him. But the Giants' offense is a little too inconsistent for me. Um, And then I got to thinking, based on how much money I still have left, maybe I should just go after 
a second big-name running back. And I had Zeke last year. He was solid for me. Uh, it's a good offense. There should be high volume and hopefully quite a few touchdowns. And so I decided that I was going to spend big on Zeke, and the money kept going up and up and up and up. And I got to a certain point where I was starting to feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but then I thought, what is $1 or $2 or even $5 more when you're spending $75? It's true. And so I made, at some point in the bidding, a decision that I was going to get Zeke to. And so I got him. And at that point, I just kind of sat there on my couch thinking, wow, (laughs) I have two amazing running backs, and I have like $42 left. Um, Actually, less than that. Um, I had a total of, I guess, 45 yeah. Not I blame COVID again and a long day. <laughs> but I sat there for about the next ten minutes of the draft <laughs> and did nothing. Did nothing. Couldn't bid on anyone. Um so I really tried to strike value at wide receiver with guys that I felt like had a big play capability, have high upside but maybe come with risk. And that's what I have. I think you look at my top three wide receivers, and it is the epitome of boomer bust. Yeah, I mean, it's just people that can't see it right now. It's Stefan Diggs, again, Buffalo, Josh Allen. Could be good. Who knows? Same thing with DJ Chark. Again, he was solid at times last year, had monster games, but then with that quarterback play, a little inconsistent. And then I think what I think is a huge wild card for you is AJ Green. I mean, obviously yeah. the dude hasn't played in almost two years. I think talented, obviously new quarterback. They're gonna throw it. It's just if he can stay healthy, and then two, if he can get some kind of rapport with Joe Joe Burrow. It's yeah. I mean, you just don't know. Time will tell. But yeah. So. I was able to kind of round out my main team with Le'Veon Bell at the flex, which I was stoked about. I'm a sucker for Le'Veon. Yes, you are. For a long time. And hope springs eternal. It's the beginning of the season, and uh, Le'Veon could be a top five fantasy running back for all we know. I mean, I'm going to stop you right there and and just say Le'Veon is, uh, I mean... From what you hear in practices, the dude's getting to be a little grandpa out there. Just losing some steps. Um, but again, he's going to get the ball, or he should get the ball. So the opportunity's there. So hopefully... The hope is that something happens to James Conner. Not, like, terrible, because yeah. I don't want anything terrible to happen to anybody. But enough that he's maybe out for the rest of the year. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of sizable. And the Steelers trade for Le'Veon Bell again. Mm. Hey, you never know. Crazy times. I mean, Pittsburgh 
how many years they got left with Big Ben? You think maybe two max with him left? So maybe they're going to try to maximize what years they have left. So, hey, I could maybe see that happening. Um, one person that I actually, speaking of Big Ben and Pittsburgh, I thought you picked up on one of your bench players is actually someone who I had on my, I had on my list as a potential sleeper. Deontay Johnson, and actually they just came out today. It was kind of like Big Ben loves throwing him the ball. He's gonna, he's big, he's fast, good hands. I mean, I kind of like why you do you, you expect the quarterback to say something different? Like he's slow, can't catch. Yeah, he's a number two receiver. But uh, I just think his upsides is high, and that you you got him from I think just a buck. Um, I th- I think that has a lot of intrigue for me looking at your team. To thinking that if one of your other big play guys doesn't pan out, I think he has the potential to easily slide up and be one of your three wide receivers. Yeah, that's the hope. But, but yeah, overall, I actually I like your team. Um, again, I'm not huge on Le'Veon. He may prove me wrong. Um, but yeah, question mark. But. Your question marks to me are offset by how strong your running backs are with McCaffrey and Zeke. Like obviously that's not matched in our league. Um, so if you can just get, I I think if you can get two of your receivers to be solid, you're going to be in most of your matchups every week. Sure, it's just a matter of if Diggs, Chart, Green, can be solid enough to get you ten ish points, double digits. Um, yeah. I think I think you'd, you'll you'll be just fine. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with your team. I like it. Uh, now we're going to look at Hope's team, otherwise known as Kamish. Um, yeah, I mean, going down his team, he he picked up Mixon and Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, the rookie Kansas City running back. Um, his rec- those are his two main, obviously his two main picks. I like those picks. I'm actually really big on both those guys. I think they're a step below the people we just talked about, Zeke, Barkley, McCaffrey. But I think, to me, they are right there in, the, in that next tier. Yeah, I think there's a lot of unknown in Cincinnati, which we're probably going to find out some of it Sunday. Yeah. Uh, but their offense with Burrow, hopefully, is going to look a lot more guys and the talent is definitely there with Mixon yeah. his offense has just been really poor uh, the last few years yeah and Edwards Hilaire it almost doesn't matter who's in front of this part but when you see Kansas City running back you know the guy's going to be solid so he should have a really big year especially given that Damian Williams is out. Um, and the rest of those guys had opportunities to seize the job in the past yeah. and never have. So I think he's going to have a really big year. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, it's just not offense. Defenses are so spread out. I, I, I totally agree. He's going to – if he – I mean, if he touches the ball 12, 13 times a game, he's going to – get double-digit points, pretty much guaranteed. Then his receivers, to me, are his main issue. That's the, I, love, I love his team. If you take out the receivers, I love the top end. The bottom end is he has kill at tight end. He's actually using Mark Andrews 
the other uh, the Baltimore tight end as his flex, which I don't have a problem with that. Um, obviously, I think both those guys are obviously great players, good fantasy players. But his receivers is where, to me, I kind of kind of lose a little steam with his team. I mean, Robert Woods, solid. But again, as you mentioned earlier, that, that Rams offense, I feel like they scheme so much week per week that he could have a great week. He's going to be in the game plan a lot. Next next week, they're going to run it. They're going to hit the tight end a lot. Um, I know they lost Brandon Cook, so maybe it opens up a few more targets, but we'll see. To me, he's, he's, he's a big question mark. And then his other two receivers, Henry Ruggs, a rookie for the Raiders. Um, uh, yeah, just... Uh, Vegas Raiders. Yes, the Las Vegas Raiders. Sounds, that's kind of weird to say. Um, yeah, I'd, obviously, rookie could be great. Tough to know. And then Deshaun Jackson. These first couple of weeks, Deshaun could be okay just because all the other receivers are injured. Alshon Jeffrey's out. Rieger's out. So he may be the only guy. I feel like that guy only runs deep deep routes. I mean, that could be good, can be bad. Um, but for me, his receivers are a little concerning. But I guess time will tell. Yeah, he has on his bench Brandon Cooks and Devo Samuel. Um, also decent and I will say if you're going to have a Ram you want Robert Woods yeah. that's the one and so I like that pick there are definitely question marks on the remaining receivers for him but he's great at tight end maybe he trades one of those later on in the year for a receiver but his, his team is stout um, he may have overspent for the Cowboys QB. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. But uh, did he spend almost twenty bucks on Dak? Essentially, there's a lot of points that could be had. He spent nineteen. Oof. Yeah, especially when you go back and look at uh, Deshaun Watson went for like three. Um, I believe that's what Deshaun Watson went for. Um, but again, so bad. I could not bid on that. Yeah, I'm so mad that I just kind of lapsed out and just didn't bid on it because I had the money late in the draft. But anyway, don't want to look back and regret. Uh, but yeah, overall, top of his team. Like I feel like it's it's solid receiver question mark. But as always, things can be changed. You can always trade, which I love to do. Yes, you do. Yes. Next. We probably get the pace here. What's that? We probably got to pick up the pace here. Yeah, we are. Going by a little slow, but we'll speed it up. Uh, next team, we're going to look at Edwards. I still don't know why he, his name is Bob Jones Swamp Angels. I just don't understand that. But anyways, actually like his team. Um, with his running back, Eckler, Miles Sanders, I'm not a huge Miles Sanders fan, just in that offense. I, I think they kind of do more of a running back by committee, but other people, experts so-called, are high on him. I'm just not as high on him, so I don't know. Um, that's a question mark for me. But his receivers, Odell, uh, who knows? Devontae Adams, I think, is going to be have a, another solid year. He's basically the only receiver on that team, so he's going to get the, the ball a lot. A.J. Brown had a great year last year, 
Um, I think he will do something similar this year. Um, I think actually one of his pickups that I did not like at first but actually really like now is Leonard Fournette. Yeah. I thought in the moment that he spent way too much money in that Fournette's, eh, who knows, but looking back on it now and kind of seeing what's transpired since then, I think Fournette is going to have a pretty solid year. Do you, do you agree with that? I think that there's a great chance that he scores the most touchdowns he ever has. Hmm. Because in a Tom Brady-led offense, you're going to be down by the goal line a decent amount. Yep. And you look at all the running backs over the years in New England who had one, two-yard touchdowns that you could never count on in fantasy. Yep. Like Brandon Bolden. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, But he might have three rushing touchdowns in a game. Yep. So I think the floor is pretty high for Fournette as a flex play. Even if he only gets 10 touches a game, because there's a good chance he's going to score a touchdown. Yep. Yep. No, I, I, I totally agree. Um, so I think that was a, a great get by Edwards. Um, I mean, yeah, to me, obviously, I think there's a couple of holes. Marvin Jones at his flex could be good, could be the receiver to have in that Detroit offense, as compared to Galladay, kind of TBD about that. Um, bench, eh, we'll see. Um, DeAndre Swift, on Johnson for Detroit, respective AP, so I don't know how useful those two guys will be. Um, but again, we don't know how how they're going to play, if they're going to focus on one guy, give the ball around, who knows. Um, but overall, I like it. I think running back solid receiver has a lot of upside. I think the with Devontae Adams there, the, the floor is kind of decently high. Um, so Odell will have some dud games, but also have some good games. So I think overall it's solid. Um, but yeah. Next, let's check out Trubiscuits and Gravy. I love that name, Mr. Rogers. Uh, the best part is he doesn't even have Trubisky. <laughs> he was talking on the smack that he wanted to get the Bears QBs, and I was hoping he would, um, but unfortunately he did not. But still, love the name, Dustin. Big fan. And again, we, we kind of touched on Dustin's draft. I think he was kind of surprised at the price of players, so it kind of threw his strategy off. Um, but I think overall, still a pretty solid team. Um, with Kenyon Drake, David Johnson. I mean, David Johnson, that guy looks like he just runs sideways and like he just can't go anywhere, which probably means he'll have a four-touchdown game this weekend because last time I trashed running back, I mean, just Derrick Henry went bananas, so. So true. So, Dustin, you're welcome. Um, but, yeah, David Johnson, I kind of feel like he's going to have a decent year, to be honest. I don't know why. Um, mainly for the reason of they gave up a lot to get him. Yeah, you do not trade a fear of Hopkins value to not feed the rock to the man that you're getting in return. 
it's like it's like a that organization has to make him look somewhat successful to keep their jobs. I think we also need to remember that Houston kind of was a little renaissance for Lamar Miller. Mm. And I think similar things could happen with David Johnson. I liked him. He was actually my first choice for my flex spot Mm. after I got McCaffrey and Zeke. But price-wise, he went uh, a little bit past what I was able to pay. Yep. Yeah, again, that just goes back to things just... When you're auctioning, it's just things change so quickly. Um, His receivers, I think to me, question mark, Calvin Ridley, solid, dependable. We'll see. I know he's another year in the league a little more. Familiar with the offense with Matt Ryan. I have questions with that. Next, Keenan Allen is one of his other receivers. In the past, fantastic. But I love to pick. New quarterback, Tyrod, is he going to force in the ball like Rivers? I feel like Rivers would just drop back and just heave it to Keenan Allen's area. Um, will Tyrod do that? I don't know. Just, yeah, not sure about that. But it could, it could be great. Um Again, this is kind of just speculation. It's hard to talk about players and in, in with new situations, new quarterbacks, new teams, um, until we actually get to see them play a week or two. Um, other receiver, Terry McLaurin, I actually think of those three, I actually would prefer him. Um, I may be one of the few that think that. Of those three, I would maybe want McLaurin over Ridley and Keenan Allen, but I don't know. I like McLaurin as well. I think the the challenge for Dustin is he has a lot of receivers who are so similar. Mm, Totally, yeah, that's a great point. And to try and figure out who you're going to play every week is such a frustrating thing when you leave a guy on your bench that goes for 25 and you started somebody who goes for five. Yep. And when you look at guys like Michael Gallup, Marquise Brown, um, those to me are very similar range in numbers Mm. to these guys that he has. And so I don't envy his decisions every week as to which three he's going to start. Because I think based on who he has at running back, you have to play a running back in the flex. Yep. Um, but picking his three wide receivers is going to be tough. No. Maybe, maybe he can bundle some of those later on for a stud. No, I think that's a great point. Those Sunday morning decisions will not be easy for Dustin. Now, as you mentioned, his flex. Right now it's James Conner. I think obviously that's a great flex. Um, if Connor can stay healthy, there's been some issues the last couple of years with him being able to stay healthy. Um, but I, you can say that pretty much about a lot of players. That's always a risk. But if Connor stays healthy, I think his running back situation will be solid. It's just again, as you mentioned, figuring out which receivers to play on a weekly basis will be a challenge for Dustin. Um, next, we're gonna do Schutz, Child of the Corn. Big fan of the name, just always classic. Um, he spent big money on Camara, which 
at the time was maybe a little concerning just because you know he was holding out but it seems from the rumors and talks that they're going to work something out within the next day or two um we'll see um how that happens then he also has Mostert as his other running back which I think could be a steal in this draft if San Francisco actually hands in the ball 15 times a game but Here's the truth about Raheem Mostert. He's never failed. It's true. He got in one year where he fractured his arm, and I was watching it live, and it was nasty. Mm. He goes to brace himself, and it basically just snaps in half. That's disgusting. I probably would have hurled. You probably would have. I have a weak stomach. But... It seems like they never just want him to be the guy until they literally have no other options. That's a good Last point. Last year playoffs, he goes crazy. But they literally had no one else. Yeah. Tevin Coleman was hurt. Jarek McKinnon couldn't play. Matt Breda was hurt. Dude, Matt Breda. I feel like that guy has a turf toe every other day. That dude, man. So true. But if Raheem Mostert stays healthy and he is given opportunity, he's going to be great value for Schutz at $7. Yeah. Steal. And then, I mean, you look at his receivers. I think his receiving receiving core may be the best of anyone in our league with Tyreek Hill, Thielen, and Kenny Galladay. Um, Uh, I love that. Metcalf. Yeah, and DK Metcalf has his flex. I think that is strong. Um, his bench, probably a little weak, but you can always upgrade your bench during the year, make some waiver wire ads, maybe some possible trades. But I just think his starting lineup, to me, may be the best starting lineup in the league. Um, but it's a, it's a tough... It is a tough beat every week. Yep. Yep. So, shirts, well done. Um, next we're gonna look at Hilton's team. Uh, kind of. I mean, his team. I'll start with Ravens QB. Obviously, he's a Baltimore guy. He was gonna get. He was gonna get Lamar Jackson. That was just a no brainer. Running backs: Jacobs, Mark Ingram. Um, I like those running backs. I think if you drafted Mark Ingram, you had to get Dobbins. In my opinion, you had to save money. Um, and get Dobbins. Um, but I think he spent so much money accumulating Jacobs, Ingram, Lamar Jackson, and then also he got Michael Thomas, Tyler Lockett, and Juju, receivers, that he had nothing left when it came for his bench. So, but again, I mean, he seemed like he got the guys he wanted. Uh, I mean, I like him, I guess. What, what do you think? The, for me, um, I like his running backs. If this was not a PPR league, I would like them even more. Mm. Because Josh Jacobs was a stud last year, but the guy hardly caught any passes. And Mark Ingram will catch some, but that's not the strength of his game either. So in a PPR league... I feel like those running backs are of little 
are of a little lesser value. So to have those as your one-two punch uh, is tough. Obviously, he's going to get great numbers from Lamar Jackson and Michael Thomas. That's huge. I'm not, not super high on Tyler Lockett this year. Yeah. I feel like the Seahawks have more weapons than they've ever had. And so I could see his value going down. But if there's one thing that I've learned in fantasy is you should never count a Seahawk out. Or but, count on them. But, yes, you should never count on them either, especially Russell Wilson. <laughs> oh, and, you love yourself uh, some Russell Wilson. Yeah. I I actually bid him up to $2 this year. But if I would have won the bid, I would have traded him. <laughs> you so, have been burnt in the past. Yeah, and just not a fan. With Preston Williams at his flex, he's just kind of taking a flyer. We don't know what Miami's offense is going to look like. Um, But he did have a good close to the year. Yeah. So. No, that's true. His bench, I'm not really a fan of anybody on his bench. Maybe Jordan Howard could turn, do do some things. I don't think it's going to be consistent. But his other guys, just not a huge fan of. But again... You don't win games with your bench. You win games with your starters, and I think his starters pretty solid. Yep. Um, now let's do Andy Doolin. Um, honestly, I'm just going to say this. I think, my personal opinion, this was Doolin's best draft since we've been doing this. Um, uh, you Would you agree with I, that? Totally agree? <laughs> uh, you totally, yeah. It's... Uh, yeah, I mean, I like the balance he had. I think it. I may have to take back my earlier statement about having the best receivers being Schutz because he's trotting out Mike Evans, Allen Robinson, Julio, and then Cortland Sutton at his flex. Well, let's pause for a second, though. I here here's the deal with this versus. I don't remember who we were talking about before having the best wide receivers. Oh, shuts. Yep. Um, Mike Evans, maddeningly inconsistent. Yeah. Julio Jones, maddeningly inconsistent. Allen Robinson, really solid. Cortland Sutton, in an offense you cannot count on. Yep. And can you trust, trust Trubisky in Chicago's offense with Allen Robinson? So, if you're just looking at the player, I think he has four amazing wide receivers. But you're buying into a package that this offense is going to provide fantasy value. And to me, in Tampa Bay, they're not going to score 50 points a game. So there's only so much to go around. And they've got guys all over the place. Yeah. In Chicago, hopefully they score some touchdowns. Yeah. In Atlanta, Julio Jones, I don't know exactly what his numbers were for last year, but I want to say he had like four or five touchdowns. Yeah, not me at all. 
and even if you catch eight passes for 100 yards, um, you're still sitting in our league at 14 points. So yep. you feel like that's a great game, but then you have a guy that catches two touchdown passes for 25 yards, and he beat you. Yeah. So there's a lot of question marks. The talent is obviously there. I love the Kareem Hunt pick. Um, that was a big pickup for him because I I feel like he may end up being his flex play, even if Chubb stays healthy. Yep. Yeah. Zach Flyer um, could be the guy in Buffalo. We have no idea. Yeah, that's one of the things I liked that he did is his two running backs, his two main running backs, he got their basically their handicapped. Like, so I really like the fact that he did that. Um, but again, Doolin, solid draft. Um, apologies to the next two teams we're going to review because we're going to buzz through this as we have seven minutes left and we still have one other thing we definitely want to get done tonight. So here we go. Lewis, otherwise, otherwise known as Luke. Um, Henry and Chubb, I think solid. Chubb with um, Hunt behind him. I think that dings his value a little bit to me. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, solid, new offense. I think it may take him a little time to get going. He's actually a trade target of mine. It's the cat out of the bag because I think he's going to start the year slow and finish the year really, really high. Um, that's just my opinion. One thing I hate is having two players in the same offense on my starting team. And he has two receivers in the same offense on his starting right now. And I would, I would not do that at all. Um, so, I think overall, it's okay. I think there's definitely room for improvement here. This is probably my least favorite lineup so far, to be honest. There's zero question it's my least favorite flex. Hunter Henry. <laughs> yeah, I think I would. I think I would agree with that. Um, but you never know. He could turn, turn up to be amazing. So, time will tell. Moving on to the last team, and this is Melvin. Um, I think, look, going down this team, solid. Aaron Jones, Gurley, you know, Jones, will he be the guy? I mean, they just drafted another running back. Questionable. We'll see. If he gets the ball a lot, he's going to be amazing like he was last year. If he doesn't, I think it could be really frustrating. Gurley could be good. Injury issues. I feel like he's lost a step. Um, we'll see. Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Cup. Again, I feel like Cooper in the offense could be good. I like actually think I like Gallup better. The offense is just going to have a lot of mouths to feed. Um, Cup, I think, could be solid. Just kind of depends. His role kind of seemed to shift late in the year last year where he kind of saw his production go down. Um, but we'll see. Bench, I think it's okay. Nothing, no no way there that kind of pops out to me. Um, do you have any comments? Yeah, at some point he'll probably trade a team quarterback to acquire somebody. Right now he's got the Seahawks and the Chiefs, two really good quarterbacks. Um, so if he feels like he has a hole that he needs to fill, he should be able to do though by packaging something together with that. Yep. There's a lot, there are so many question marks in this lineup. 
of potentially really good players. Um, Todd Gurley, Cooper, DJ Moore, all three of those for me are big question marks to see what what they're going to do this year. Yep. No, I agree. No, I agree. Um, sorry we had to rush through those last couple ones, but there's one thing that we want to get to um, before this week of games starts, and that's something we're going to do every week, is me and John are going to, going to predict who we think is going to win each of these matchups um, for our league. And I'm going to keep, we're going to keep a running track of who gets it right, um, kind of give a little reason what we think. Um, this week we're going to have to rush through it a little bit because the app I'm using apparently only lets you record for 60 minutes. And we're at 56, almost 57 minutes, which is oh. amazingly flies by. Isn't it fly by? Oh, my goodness. Um, so we're going to go through these games, make some picks, and then we'll kind of keep a running total. And basically, learn, you'll learn who you can trust. Um, I feel pretty confident. Uh, not, to, <laughs> not to degrade my, my colleague here, an opponent, but I feel pretty confident. So, John. Confidence. <laughs> So we got less than three minutes, so we're going to go through these. Um, matchup one is my team versus Lucas. Um, not for a sake of feeling braggadocious, but I feel pretty confident in this one. Um, I like my chances. I'm picking myself. Here you I'm go. going to go with Lewis. You would. I knew you would. And my prediction is that Derrick Henry goes bananas against Denver. Mm, interesting. I, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of matchups that concern me, but I think my receivers, I think Will Fuller is actually going to have a solid game tomorrow night, especially. Um, but we'll see. I still need to pick up a kicker, by the way, but we'll get there. Next that one. Cost you the game. No, I, I will get a kicker. Next one Hove versus. Edwards. Um, I'm looking at this. I'm probably honestly going to go with. Oh man, this is how. I'm going to go with Edwards. Mainly. Hove. <laughs> amazing. My, I was giving my quick reasoning is I don't like Hope's receivers at all. So I'm just going to leave it there. I think they kind of fall flat this week. And I echo that sentiment. For Swamp Angels running backs, mm, I can tell. I feel like hopeful win. Got it. Next one, we're gonna go with yours truly, Mister Hess and Melvin. To me, this is an easy one. I'm going with John on this one. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty clear cut to me. Definitely picking myself. <laughs> Amazing. One minute left to go through these last two teams. Um, Dustin versus Doolin. This, to me, is actually pretty close, but I'm going to go with um, Doolin on, on this one. I like, his, I like his receiver upside and his steadiness at running back. Yeah, this is the toughest call for me. Um, I actually think coming out of the gates, Dustin's going to win. I think his team will be hot. And uh, may fade down the stretch, but I think he's going to start well. Got it. All right, we got 20 seconds. Schutz versus Hilton. I'm I'm going to roll with Schutz on this one. I am as well. Uh, 
receivers, like his running backs, the whole package, I feel good about him this week. Yeah, I agree.